It's just funny just, how they, they always look weird. The the next season, they always look like weird people. They're like, what are you doing on the island? Like you don't you're, like you don't that. look familiar at all. Like my family was just here on on the island. Like what are you doing here? And then you get to know them, and then they become your family too, and you love watching them, and you cry. Come on in. It is the final episode of the Survivor at Home podcast where we break down the episode of Survivor 44 every single week. And ladies and gentlemen, listeners of all ages in all places around the world tonight, we have a very special lineup here. We have brought together all the hosts from this season, well, I guess, except for Andrew, but hey, the main hosts of the season, let's call it, we've made the merge. We got Luke, we got Kel, <laughs> we got Lynette. How's everybody doing tonight? I think How we're we all good. Thanks, Alex. Nice to be here. It's actually really nice to be here with Kel and Lynette too. How are you guys doing? Yes. Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, super excited to have this conversation with you and honored that we get to discuss the finale of this amazing season. Mm. Banging yeah. season. I great season. Great season. I would just like to say that I am drinking my favorite Winnipeg beer, 1919. I am uh, wearing my favorite Survivor buff, season 30, sorry, 22, Boston Rob versus Russell Hands. And I'm with my favorite Survivor at home winners, Alex. Oh, and, uh, oh yes. <laughs> and your favorite oh, runner up. Okay, is that a runner-up or no? And my favorite runner-up. You know, I was I was thinking, uh, I already kind of cracked this joke already, but it's like, all right, we have Alex Street, winner of Survivor Home. We have Lynette Martin, winner of Survivor Home. We have Luke Hildebrand, finalist of Survivor Home. We have Kel Sherman, local Survivor fan. <laughs> Wearing a buff. <laughs> yeah. He's got a buff. <laughs> Happy to be here, drinking my favorite beer. Favorite, you guys, you guys are all great. I'm so excited. This is gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Superstar lineup for sure. This is great. Uh, so look, tonight we we've got a uh, obviously a lot to talk about. Uh, there is a great finale to break down. A really fascinating season to talk about overall as we look at the final edit here and how this all wraps up. And so we thought that we would break this down in somewhat of a structured way rather than walking through the three hours of television that you all enjoyed that we thought we would break this down as survivor does and kind of take a little bit of time right at the beginning here to talk about our fresh thoughts, right? We're all pretty fresh off of the finale. We've got feelings. So let's just open that up. Then we're going to break it down into talking about the different segments of the game, outplay, outwit and outlast. And each of the hosts here is going to kind of lead the conversation on that as we go. Cause Hey, there's no one host here. So, and then we're going to wrap things up with next time on survivor, where we are going to share our hot takes on where we desperately hope this show that we love so much goes in the future. Uh, so look, we want this to be a conversation, not just with us, but where you, the listener feel like you're involved in this and you're around a table with a bunch of friends talking about the greatest show on TV and as we think about the winner, Mr. Jam Jam, how are y'all feeling? What was your first thought when that, what, fourth vote was read? What happened to your heart? I texted you guys before as I was watching it because I had just kind of watched right up to the beginning of the votes. And I said, this episode, I laughed. 
I've cried, I cheered, and I sighed. This uh, episode, <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I felt very emotional at points. I, I did cry. I actually did cry. Not necessarily when Jam Jam won, but I was thrilled uh, for him and his game and just how he composed himself and articulated his game. I was just, yeah, I was thrilled. I was thrilled for him. And it was just such a, yeah, it's such a true feeling. How about you guys? Um, I am happy that you were thrilled because I was so for pro Carolyn that mm. my heart was just there. And I, in some ways, like lead with my heart and watching her this season, I was just so happy for her and, you know, her story of being underestimated. Um, and I was sad, you know, what survivor takes you on this like amazing journey. And it's like, you're continually escalating. And then it's like, you hit the high. And then when the high is over, you're left with this sadness. So I felt sad. I totally am like, way to go jam jam. You did it. I think this is a great winner for this season, but I actually felt sad. Mm -hmm. Was it Carolyn or bust for you then? It was Carolyn or bust. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I loved the final five. I thought it was such a, such a strong final five. There's on Twitter, people have been sharing uh, what final five uh, has been the strongest for season 41, 42, 43, and 44. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think this is such a well-rounded and just such a strong final five. Of course, Heidi and Lauren's games were a bit under edited, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy for Jam Jam and I'm so happy for Heidi that she got second place. And of course for Carolyn, I mean, exactly what Lynette is saying. It's just so, it was beautiful to just see this person who is just like emotionally raw and authentically herself and uh, just make it to the end. Of course she doesn't win, but just watching her journey all season long has just been so, it's just so lovely to watch. And just seeing Jam Jam win, I I was thrilled. And it's hard for me to not think of our Survivor Home Discord pool where I was like, okay, it's going to be Jam Jam and Heidi will be in the end. And no one believed me. People laughed Nobody. at me in the Survivor Discord. Yeah. And today I was looking through who everyone picked. And it was like, Carson and Carolyn, Carson mm-hmm. and Carolyn, Carson and Carolyn. It's like, oh, you fools, you fools. Who is the biggest fan here? Me. You got to always trust me. Sorry, I'm not a gracious winner. In what place did you end up in that fantasy? Last. Uh, I was in <laughs> okay. okay. All right. All right. Thanks. I yeah. was going to say. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Jam Jam, great winner. But I, yeah, I, 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 I love the final five. It, it was very strong. It really was such a satisfying, like, it, it was, I knew we were in for a good night as soon as Jamie went home last week. Oh, and yeah, so maybe. I knew that this would be a good night of TV and there was How still dare you how <laughs> dare you <laughs> you know where I stand you know you know and where I, I stand <laughs> <laughs> Queen Jamie was brought. Yeah, big Jamie stand here for Cal uh, there is and and that's it so we knew that we were coming into this and and we were all can I say we were all hoping for a Tika final three though like is it possible yes I totally okay. was Luke's- I wanted Tika three Luke's kind of nodding, shaking his head. He's not sure, though. Did you not want to see that? Okay, we talked about (laughs) the head versus heart last week. We did. And in my heart, I think I would have wanted a Tika 3. But my head said they they needed to take each other out one by one. There needed to just be one Tika in the final. That's what my head said. And so, yeah, like I'm, yeah, it would have been fun to see. But I don't know. It was kind of fun to see it, like to have like an anti- Somebody that I did not want to win in mm-hmm. Heidi. 
And to, I mean, no, no offense to Heidi. And she played a great, like she did exactly what she had to do. Um, that those last couple challenges, putting herself in fire making. Um, so no, no shade on her, but I think we were, I think Kelly, you nailed it on the head. Like we were kind of led down this path of like cheering for one or the other of Jam Jam and, and Caroline. Yeah. yeah. And I think this, this season has definitely been the story of the Tika three. And yeah. once again, it's like, what an iconic like three, right? Like who, who among a survivor trio can, can, you know, match these three people. Like I'm, I'm hard pressed as a long time fan to think of any. So definitely their story. I would have been happy with any of them winning, but in terms of, I guess the Tika making it to the finals, I, I think I maybe about two or three episodes ago, I, I saw that, you know, Carson was going to go on fire. Like it's, it was just, in my opinion, the only Lynette's <laughs> making a face, but well, just because I, Kel's claim to fame the entire season, I saw fire in his glasses. He is going to find like glasses. the fire challenge, and then when he like finally foreshadowing did, like, and like yeah, exactly. six or something. Yeah. Like, was that it? <laughs> yeah, and and like lo and behold, he goes out and fires. So it was it was very sad wow. because he he's worked so hard. It was it was interesting uh, to see like we've got this this narrative built all season of like you've got these this is what what it felt like at the end was you, you've got these heroic characters these underdog heroes that's what the the three stooges were right and then you get to this final five and inevitably then it framed in my mind Lauren and Heidi were the antagonists to these three heroic characters no matter how that ended up in the final three you're gonna have this hero in purple versus these villains of sort Mm -hmm. robbing them of the win like that's what was at stake for me around all of that yeah and what was i i thought was really pure i just saw this um stat today but what was really pure about those three in particular was that they're the first ever starting alliance tribe of or started sorry starting tribe alliance of three to make it to the final four without voting for each other. They never oh, once good voted for each other. And I thought that was just so pure that that in itself shows you how they played the game. Yeah. So intentional. I mean, I have thought about that watching jam jam this episode oh. specifically, how he did not write Carolyn's vote down of like, he never voted against her. And I think mm. in that one vote where he also played, like he didn't vote for who, the group had wanted to go and that was like super intentional again that is so interesting Mm -hmm. yeah they split away from carolyn but didn't vote for carolyn and they talked about it a little bit right yeah 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 Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's sort of ryan i don't know if you guys remember survivor panama uh the season that eris won uh it's it was on it's like season like eight or nine or something um but it's they started it's series for a season but uh who's his brother he, he was that yeah Eris did he Venus. come back yeah he, and they yeah, came, did came, he come back yeah. for blood versus water was that it blood versus water with his brother vetus yeah. yeah okay all right so yeah Eris, a uh, former winner so he started on uh a season where it's split by four tribes young men uh older men young women older women anyway there was a very the alliance that he was a part of they fought and bickered the entire time they didn't start together but despite all their fighting like they did not turn on each other which was a really fun alliance and i think if i ever were to play a survivor game like i think that would like real life i would i would love i would love that like that's so fun like despite 
I guess the bickering and the fighting that you do stay true to each other like mm-hmm. that. I mean, of course that's like pie in the sky survivor, but I, I do like that idea. And I love that the that's Luke. I did not know that. So that's, that's a really fun stat. It's, so is this, how do we feel about this? Like it's all love and peace survivor. Like we're all family and oh, let's it. hug each other and help you, you know, make fire and snuggle up together yeah. uh, and, and we fight, but we come back together. I mean, my goodness, how much do I love seeing James Jam and Carolyn just argue over fire when you know that it's like me and Luke, honestly, it's mm. our conversations. Uh, <laughs> but how do we, how do we feel about this? Like love and peace, all things happy. We're all together. Well, for me, era. I think it's about like how, you know, small group dyna- dynamics, like how do they form, right? So when you think about, um, you know, when you get a group of eight people together, like who really sets the tone of the conversation, who kind of speaks the loudest and so forth and so forth. And so for this particular season of Survivor, we sort of spoke on our end, the sort of the cultural milieu of the season. And I guess just this season, people were a lot more kind to each other. Um, And I mean, it doesn't always make for the best, most explosive TV, but I think it's just speaks to the kind of people that they're casting you know they're they're casting true true fans and people who've mm-hmm. formed actual bonds together and who do actually care for each other deeply and that shows you know jam jam teaching carson how to make fire and i i mean i'm here for it i mean not necessarily yeah. something i want to see every season like i do love a russell hans villain every now and then but you know if it, you it's, want the explosive tv explosive. go to the other show go to the show that's in the house you know, oh, that's, oh, that's right. <laughs> big brother. <laughs> we don't talk about that. I watch it and I'm always disappointed. So <laughs> I, I liked I it. I thought, or you uh, just like the, being a part of the conversation. I really like reality TV, like elimination reality TV. So okay. any, any TV show where someone gets eliminated weekly, I I'm here yeah. for it. It's, it's, it's okay. Fun. Traders. Well, I think Game this season, this season, uh, we really the challenge RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> mm. I think we got really attached to a, a couple of people and that's part I wrote down is, are we seeing a different way, a new way to place survivors successfully? Now I know we don't like talking about them, but Gabler the other season and jam jam exemplified it this season. That's I think Lynette, this is probably also why I said that I was thrilled to see jam jam win because of that ghost esque scene that he had with Carson putting his hand in his hand <laughs> and <laughs> and striking the flint ever so ever so surely and not slicing off Carson's fingers and I I I actually that's the part where I cried I I loved it I loved it my heart like like thumped a little bit harder when that when that happened and it was just so I don't know there's something about it that made me endeared to jam jam i said last episode i don't know what he has in his resume and i saw it there so you said though that you connected with carolyn right yeah i totally did but i i see what you're saying and to build off of what has been discussed so far thinking about comparing do we want this our survivor seasons to continually focus on treating each other with this like kindness and respect within the game. I actually think it's maybe a reflection of the emotional intelligence of the players. So when you have explosive episodes where somebody is, I mean, we did see some reacting in this season, people aren't perfect and you do get uh, emotions will come up that you then allow to determine what choices you're going to make in the game. But I think emotional intelligence is like one of the 
a reflection of the new way to play survivor. And I'm not sure if I would go back. I think the Russell hands, I saw there was like a Twitter feud between Carolyn and Russell or what I maybe got his yeah, name yeah, wrong yeah. there. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was so not impressed with that Russell guy. And I did not watch that episode, but that's what not, that's not what I value in life. I think making sure people feel respected and heard like that's important. So. And it's sorry, fun. how did you win survivor at home? <laughs> no but i think you know to get to get to the end and win i mean you do have to be a bit more like deceptive and just you know crush a few people's dreams along the way and unfortunately russell crushed a lot of dreams and he didn't win but but yeah i think you know both both have their places in survivor and it's all about just how you present yourself at the end right and so but there is um, something about Again, this reflection on since this is a Survivor at Home podcast, we can talk about the actual game a little bit to see that this is what happens. We come together for a hot weekend and like go. <laughs> the only thing I can think of saying is hot and heavy. That's not what happens. <laughs> Fast and furious. That's probably better. Bat, bat poop. I'm not saying anything. Poop. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> um. And we, what, we, we're at each other's throat. As you just said, you just threw it to, how did you win Survivor at home? And of course, you've got to cut people along the way. But, but then what happens, right? After three years of this, look at us. We're actually taking time out and creating a thing together. There's this amazing community where we are like, yeah, let's go play again. Let's go at each other's throats again for a weekend. I'd, be, I'd do that in a second if we had the opportunity. Um, I don't know. My Would heart you? still hurts from this last season, but I'm sure, you know, in three months, maybe I'll be a bit more healed to play. But I, I hear you. I, I do hear you. I do hear you. Wait, I, I just need a talk? clarity on that. Who, how do, why does your heart hurt? <laughs> why does my heart I, I, we who, don't need to hurt get your into heart. all of it right now. <laughs> 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 they know who they are and they know what they did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, no, getting getting to the end is is, is a big feat and uh, don't want to take away from, I guess, anyone's win. And Lynette, I mean, to go back to Lynette really quick, she told me that she would work with me during her season that she won and she didn't. She voted me out. So, well, there you go. Yeah. And yet, look okay. at you now. And now we're, you hold a special place in my heart. The world's best podcast special co-hosts. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> um. Anything else really jump out to you this episode that made you even in the in the reunion or anything that made you either really like, you know, cheer, feel like your heart was soaring or feel this like rage within you? What, what you know, just these first hot takes that really jumped out to you. Uh, what do you got? I will say I think this was the of the four. This was the best after show. But that being said, I am not a fan of the current after show. Yeah. And I think it's universally despised by the cast including the winner and the finalists and probably mm. the jury mm. but i think i really did like this version of the after show i think jeff finally has his feet under him in terms of what they're doing um i loved the segment on jamie's fake idol and just seeing was, everyone's yeah. genuine reaction to, to that like that was yeah. so just yeah <laughs> to jeff just sets it up like who had an idol all right who had the yes. fake idols and then just to see everyone's faces. And of course the jury, their just mind is blown that, okay, Jamie's idol is fake the entire time. And I guess just the way she played, you know, having an idol, you play a bit more big, right? And so how would her game looked if she never had that idol? So just that being said, oh. I, I love this version of the, or this current 
uh, of the four, this was the best one. But but yeah, yeah. I, they still need to rework that or go back to the old reunion. I mean, tie, so tying in what you said about them, the reveal of Jamie's fake idol, that actually made me a little bit angry on behalf of Carolyn because she barely brought that up in the final tribal council. And mm. so I was left in the aftermath of the final tribal council be like, oh, we didn't even get to hear what Carolyn all did and how she made all these plays throughout the entire game. It could have been what they decided to show us, but her energy in that last final tribal council also was just like defeated. And then to see the juries go out of their mind that Matthew had played or uh, planted a fake idol that Jamie had found. I'm like, Carolyn did that as well, but she didn't like, she got the reaction. She didn't get the reaction. So I was, yeah, I was deflated. Yeah. I think, uh the uh <clears throat> ryan who who won our fantasy league will just you know give him the props uh, he posted go. in the discord yeah <laughs> by three points right alex was that you who barely barely lost <laughs> no i didn't notice <laughs> <laughs> yeah congratulations ryan on winning our survivor home fantasy league uh but uh he did post today that uh i, I guess a twitter a tweet by brandon that he did talk more during final tribal but it was edited out. So, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe Carolyn ta- did talk about it, but overall they're trying to show, I guess, why Jam Jam wins and, you know, I guess not really highlighting the other two. So I mean, maybe that's a huge speculation on my part, but obviously these, these tribal councils go for a bit longer, but yeah, but yeah poor, poor Carolyn in a lot of ways. I, I do agree with that sentiment. Yeah, I mean, she explained her fake idol set up to people who were ended up being in the jury right so i i do wonder if they they discussed that and talked about it already so maybe yeah we didn't need to hear it again but we i was thinking because last week we talked about how if jam jam not voting out carolyn was the right move and even then he didn't even go after her the second time that he could have knocked her out i mean he brought her name up but he didn't push it very hard and we were wondering if that would would have like hurt him in the end. And it was interesting, right? Seeing Carolyn even pump his tires a couple of times, sitting beside him in the final three and kind of saying, hey, you did this really well or that, whatever. It was it was a, a definitely a strange like final three. Yeah. While Carson is like coaching Carolyn yeah. from the, oh, the benches. <laughs> that was so cute. Uh, okay. There's Give one moment the okay. that, that really made me like, the, the, the moment that surprisingly uh, made me cry was when they showed Carolyn at this point, I think she was in the final three and it was a confessional and they had her talking to the producer again. And she was like, oh. remember when we did this yeah. 26 days ago? And he's like, yeah, I do. What, how do you feel? <laughs> She's like, it's so crazy. I just never thought that I would, but I did think it. And that got me where it was just this, this uh-huh. really fabulous, uh, uh, again, narrative that they played here of just showing this whole journey. I'm so glad that she made it this far, win or not. Um, I think that was the expectation from that opening shot of the season. And then to bring that and give us that closure to close that book for us, close that story loop was so marvelous. Yeah, and I think, Lynette, you highlighted Carolyn fairly early on in our podcast that there's something special about her, right? That they just keep going to her. And I know a lot of people were not necessarily on Team Carolyn early on, but, I mean, how could you not come around to just, yeah, just like what a wonderful person she is. And I think, like, what a great ambassador she's probably going to be for the show. Like, I 
I'm sure she like she's such a longtime fan. She played online games like we did, and she made it to the finals. So I I don't know. I, there's so much thing. I like I, my document, like my love for Carolyn and Jam Jam is well documented over these podcasts. But yeah, just what a what a special what a special person for sure. So if she did it, surely one of us can. Well, yeah, <laughs> Lynette, it's you, right? <laughs> yeah, me or you? Yeah. You know, right as the it. only winners on the all right, of course <laughs> yes excellent thank you for bringing that up again well um, see what will happen is i'll get on the show and then i'll actually win and i'll be like oh, all right well you guys won the fake thing but i uh <laughs> the fake <laughs> what fake what are you talking yeah, about fake. we didn't win light <laughs> come on now <laughs> oh my God. we're taking shots on all the winners that are not here oh <laughs> uh, okay and one more thing before we shift into you know the the segmented area of of the conversation today uh the the debate that that needs to be clarified carrot cake or chocolate cake oh yeah i'm so glad you went what here. are you taking on the island you have the choice you're in that island. it's day 25 you get one fat slice of either of these lynette what do you want oh hands down chocolate not even going for the meat sauce and spaghetti i want the chocolate cake wow I did not expect that. Lynette, I thought you and I would be on the same page about this. It is 100% carrot cake uh-huh. with some with good icing. It has to be good icing. Like a cream cheese icing. Cream cheese. Mm. Yeah, give it. Mm. When when I was a kid, it was always a treat. So I have two brothers and, of course, my parents. And so it was always a bit of a treat. We would go to Chicken Chef. I don't know if you guys know what Chicken Chef is. Chicken Chef? But it's such like a <laughs> trashy, like... <laughs> gross like tell us more about your winnipeg dives (laughs) wow chicken chef and turkey cook and (laughs) this is in school account school account ontario where i grew up beef wine chef (laughs) yeah but it's kind of like a you know not the most glamorous place to eat but i looked forward to carrot cake all the time when i was a kid and they had this fridge there and so my parents would be like okay what dessert does everyone want? I'd be like, carrot cake. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> carrot cake. And the chicken chef manager in the back is like, oh, the weird kid's back again. <laughs> the carrot cake is back. We don't even have carrot cake. <laughs> but I, now I, I was that- thinking, oh, yeah. My tastes have matured. I think I oh. choose the chocolate. But honestly, that probably is going to like come right back out one way or the other that's and it. it's not going to be pretty you know that's what i'm thinking so that, i'm typically more of a savory guy like you know i, I yeah same so that i think savior. even in that and and you think like carrot must have more new there's got to be even though it's like shaved into the cake there's got to be some new, more nutritional value in that than than a hunk of dark chocolate although somebody some please some nutrition expert uh get at me and, and prove me wrong on this. But I I think yeah. if I had a second to decide, I would go carrot cake as well, which gives yeah, us like, what the a, chocolate cake is like two and a half to one chocolate on chocolate. There's like layers of chocolate, which is just too much. You know, you it's go. like overload. I mean, when you're not eating for like three weeks, like that's it's gonna if the audience could hard. see Lynette's face right now. Just- <laughs> okay. I'm actually confused that the majority here would vote carrot cake. So I'm so curious. The listeners, please let us know carrot or chocolate cake. Excellent. I don't think it's a question for me. I think I've, it's been well documented about my flavor choices um, throughout this this podcast season. So, I mean, th- talk, you know what? Talk about underdog survivor winners. 
let's talk about underdog food because egg salad, carrot cake, peanut butter and, j- and jam. It's all on grilled the table. cheese if you're wanting a prize in your Andrew Ironside. Mm. Shout out to 43, big, big reward challenge. And as far as food preferences go, let's be real. Again, as we've documented, I wouldn't be able to eat either of those cakes because I would go into anaphylactic shock. So uh, <laughs> that would be an that would be an exciting moment. Just bring what it what down. are your allergies again, Alex? What are you all allergic to? Just check anything all the that boxes. casts a shadow. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> it. <laughs> so it's a bubble boy. There we go. Uh, okay, well, good. I'm glad that we uh, clarified that. Let's move on. That that opened up, you know, the first thoughts, and it's it's this airing of your passion here as longtime fans of the show. And so we want to move in now to again. We're going to go through like kind of outwit out or outplay outwit outlast these three areas that, of course, the game is is focused around. The final tribal is essentially focused around this a little bit loosely. Um, outplay being really the focus on the challenges, the gameplay, the advantages, how they played, how they worked those out. Outwit being more of the social game, the relationships. And outlast really being how did you get to the end? You know, who did you have to cut? Who did you have to beat? How did you make it? And so uh, Lynette's going to lead a conversation here on outplay, bring some thoughts there. And then we got Kel and then Luke, and then we will wrap it up with next time on survivor. So let's, uh, let's dive into some outplay conversation. Okay, great. So our discussion about chocolate and carrot cake actually feeds into this first challenge. So I'm actually curious. So Alex, you're allergic to so many things. Yes. If you were to win a reward challenge, would you ever consider it a strategy to decline taking the reward and sending somebody else? Because at this point in the game, there's five people left. Carson wins, decides to take Jam Jam. But at any point, are you thinking, should I stay back with the majority? Which Jeff actually points out, I can't eat this anyways, so I'm not going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a thought I had after this reward challenge was, would you ever use it as a strategy to sit out or choose who you're going to send on, to, on the reward? What are your thoughts? Jeez, oh, who did that with PB and J? That's was it, Marianne? She's like, I just don't like PB and J, so I I chose I sent I gave it to somebody else a couple seasons ago. But that would be tough. I remember that? I that would be especially at this point. Where you're like, if I mean, I'm I'm sure they would accommodate my needs in some. I hope they would in some way. Um, Jeff, if you're listening, uh, I'm allergic to dairy, egg, nuts, seafood, and there's lots of options for me. So. I don't think I would at this point. No way. No way. Am I giving up a plate full of spaghetti when the next challenge matters more? Hmm. Anybody else? I'm not strategic well, minded like that. See, that's, it's really tough. And I mean, once again, I'm used, you know, going to the cultural milieu of the season. One of my favorite uh, winners, Natalie drinking Anderson. game for every time Kel says milieu. Milieu, the milieu. Milieu. Excellent. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll buy a drink for anyone who can spell milieu. Uh, so, uh, Nat, uh, Natalie Anderson, she, I think, gave up, like, two rewards on her season, and she she passed them on to other people. And, I mean, that's a dangerous sort of play because it can either go, like, okay, this person is obviously trying to buy votes from the juror, the potential jurors and, uh, you know, just, you know, gathering favor, uh, which is probably, in my mind, where it goes. But, spoiler, I mean, if you watch Winners at War, she... She goes on to win and plays just a spectacular game, in my opinion. But yeah, that's a, that's a tough that's a tough question. I mean, I'm an allergic, but I I am I do eat 
vegan as best I can. But but yeah, to to give up a reward and to send someone else, I mean, that is a huge power power move in my opinion, and should not go unnoticed by the other players. Totally. And I think prior to this part of the game, I don't know if I would consider giving up a reward, but at this point in the game, okay, or this, would you decline to go on the reward? So if Carson wasn't feeling secure, sorry, if Jam Jam wasn't feeling secure in his alliance with Carolyn, or he wanted to make a swap on whoever, actually that wouldn't have worked this time, would you have ever declined it as well? It just led me to thinking that. I don't know, Luke, did you have any thoughts to add? Or uh, I think it's a here? great question. Um... And I, honestly, I don't, I don't know if you could just, I, I don't know if I could make a decision right now. I think it would be based on where I am in the game. And I like the idea of it. I like, you know, even what Heidi did, where she put herself in fire making those kinds of like backwards thinking moves are awesome. And they're really cool to watch and to think about. Um, I think if I was winning a lot of challenges, like if Franny had won, I think Franny might've been more likely, like if she was here later in the game, she might be more likely to give it up to some someone else. Um, and I, who was it? Xander, I think, said, right, that he, he liked being with the losers. Yes. And yeah, part I of think there strategy. is something yeah. special there, too. So, yeah, there is some strategy there. I just don't I think it just depends on your situation. Yeah, I'll, I just want to add on that. I'm a big, big advocate for, you know, not winning reward challenges. But this one was tied into immunity. So I thought that was such a great twist. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was yeah. an immunity challenge and a reward challenge. Sorry, Lynette was shaking her head. But uh, for those who are not watching the video version on YouTube, just kidding, it's not on YouTube. It's nowhere <laughs> to be found. Uh, but uh, I am an av advocate for not winning the reward challenges, but you want to be taken. You don't want to be the one to take. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was a great twist that you, if you wanted immunity, you also have to run this reward and take someone. So do you guys think that he made the right choice? In of course, he doesn't make it to the finals. But was Jam Jam the right person to take for him? Yeah, that was. I was trying to figure out what was going through his mind. It had to be that he trusted Carolyn to not turn by leaving her and maybe give Carolyn more of a chance to find an idol. If he was thinking, that's why he chose Jam Jam. Um. There's no need to take I, the other two. Well, yeah, I mean, you want to you wanna sort of like give them a good experience before they leave, right? That's That might be, like if you know that Lauren or Heidi are hopefully going to be on their way out in the next two votes, that you just take oh. them, have a good experience, you know, sort of just get the warm fuzzies from them. And a then- jury pandering? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's, you know, again, yeah. But even him taking Jam Jam, Carolyn already, and I mean, I think Heidi kind of, you know, planted it in her mind that it was weird that he took Jam Jam, right? And Carolyn got a little bit upset about it. If you took, if he took Lauren or Heidi, I think like it would have hit the fan. And who knows, like, because they would have been talking about, you know, what is Carson talking about with, he with Heidi or whatever out there at the sanctuary? So, uh. yeah, was it maybe Jam Jam was talking about chocolate cake? Who knows? I, I, I don't know if. I think it was a fairly easy decision from what it looked like. So I agree. I don't think he really had another choice. I think Jam Jam was his option to keep that alliance strong. Like, like you said, Luke, and then um, leaving out Lauren and Heidi. I don't think, I don't think there was a need to take them at all. 
Um, so about the challenges, I am curious if we look throughout the season um, about the impact of the people who win the challenges. So like that, that impact the outcome of the vote, right? Prior yeah. to merge, you're on your tribe, you win the challenge, you don't go to tribal. That's 100% guides right. the game. But after merge, the weight kind of varies whether or not you mm. win immunity. So, I mean, in my opinion, I actually didn't do the statistics on this. But like if you see, you know, Franny, she wins, she wins, she she won twice, yeah. I think. And then she gets voted out, right? It's like, okay, well, maybe I don't necessarily want to come out big and loud uh, after merge in these challenges and winning these immunities. So the impact of the votes or the outcome of the votes, do you have any thoughts? Have Or do we have any thoughts on that yeah it is That's so interesting to me how the the like the franny narrative was was really fascinating where she came out and showed herself as a threat as a challenge threat and now that's the title and that's the that's the spin that everybody can put on it now that's the headline franny challenge threat vote her out like that's there and i feel like there's this sense of like everybody gets one if you get one win you're respected. If you get two, we can now target you. Three, look out. And that seems to be kind of, you know, as I think back, yeah, without statistics in front of me, that feels like how it sort of shapes up as far as individual communities go. I think that if you're lucky enough to make it to the finals, you should have at least one, maybe two individual immunity wins under your belt only to gather the votes of those who are more athletically inclined because right i am not athletically inclined i you know i look fit and people are like oh this guy's probably good at basketball or soccer i am not but if you want to you know gather the votes of people who place a lot of value on that and i do have friends who are athletes and they place a lot of value on athleticism um i think they would feel more comfortable voting for someone who of course makes it to the end but has shown some athletic ability during the season so i'm sure there's plenty of winners out there who have not i've not looked at the stats but i do think that for you know to increase your chances of winning yeah like win, win at least one one challenge i mean yeah. obviously you can't just like win this one well i have you know try your i best will choose to win this one thank you <laughs> <laughs> yes so that, that's i guess my response to that um yeah jam jam i think won twice you won two i think uh jam jam won one just last one immunity i was just the last guest yeah and he he cried and was so beautiful and i love that moment so much yes you're right (laughs) it was one that was great and you got brandon's vote i mean brandon's like the nfl guy right so i'm i'd be curious to hear brandon's thoughts on why he voted the way he did um but he you know i I, yeah he, he did vote for jam jam to win it's interesting, right? Those immunity challenge winners, because, you know, when Jonathan and Lindsay were going head to head, um, it was like, at the same time, they, they were targets, but not really. And, and maybe they saw, saw Jonathan as not a, a social threat or a strategic threat. I, I think it all kind of ties together a little bit. It's interesting with Jam Jam, because Jam Jam's a winner. And, and here's kind of an extension to maybe that question. Yes, he won one immunity like individual immunity but he's the first winner i think since tommy to win the whole thing and never to have um gained an advantage or an idol get out that's interesting 
Right. So wow. If you think about it, like how does that play into it too, right? That yes, there's the individual immunity, but there's also these other advantages. I mentioned it last week. What does he have on his resume? He didn't have any advantages. He had no idols. And yet he won the game. The entire thing. Jeez. So where does that play? Like, how does that play? Like, what do you guys think? Well, okay. You could then, I mean, that is, yeah. I was like in shock as Luke was saying that. Um, You could say, I mean, he killed it in the final tribal council, which could is kind of potentially the largest challenge or most significant challenge of the entire game. So yeah, he didn't have an idol's advantages. He never, he won one immunity, which was amazing, but uh, he ended up winning in the end because he, he managed to just kill it in the end. Sorry. Yeah. Tommy was season 39. Just, I didn't yes. mention that. And, and Luke, it's like, man, were you reading my notes? Because you know who Heidi reminds me of? No, she reminds me of Dean from Island of the Idols. <laughs> because Dean played such a quiet game all season long, and then he turned it up towards the end. Mm. And like, like Dean, he well, like midway through, he he's given a, an idol by Kelly. He successfully saves himself. He finds the idol novel fire later on. He plays it to get Janet out. He gets thrown into fire making, and he he wins. And, you know, it's like Heidi, same story. Like she's very quiet all throughout. And then obviously just in the finale, just like really amps up her game. And I know a lot of people were like, oh man, she, she did it. Like she should win. I was texting with a friend today. He's like, she, he's like, Heidi should have won. I'm like, I, I, I disagree. But he, like Heidi reminds me of Dean from Island of the Idols. That's such a wild comparison that, that you did have to up. look up. It. I had to look up Dean as you were talking about that. And then it immediately reminded, oh yeah, he's, he was a stud that you're oh, like, yeah. oh, this guy should win everything. And yeah, he sort of like missed, he missed the target on a few things. And, yeah. and then as you just described his game well, but um, yeah, look well, him I up. Think... If you watch the show, you'll, you'll, you'll remember who he was. <laughs> well, that's the thing. She won the episode. Heidi won the episode, but she didn't well, win good. the season. And you look back at her gameplay and we talked about this before, but her misplay of idol, her idol and her misplay of the, the control of vote. I think people remember that. And yeah, she turned it up. She did everything she could. She did everything yeah. she possibly could, but I think it was just too, too little too late. There are theories out there where, um, and this is once again, I love to talk about idols and survivor at home people, but there are theories out there is that like, once you have an idol, just play it. Just play it. Like, why Why sit on your idol? You know, you want to get through the next round and just play your idol. Oh, and so, obviously, she sat on it for a while. But I think there is a benefit to just, okay, you know what? If I play this idol, chances are they're going to throw in another one. And I'll just, you know, do my darndest to find that one. And unfortunately, no one found that fifth idol. I'm sure Lauren is just, like, screaming at the TV when she sees where it was placed. But... <laughs> But I honestly, I I don't fault people on the show for uh, for not playing their idol. And I think it was Kelly Wentworth in her season, or her ally who was Lauren, who I, they had an idol and they just sat on it, sat on it, sat on it, and then they just mis- misplayed it towards the end. It did, did not mm. benefit them. Whereas but, Marianne um, sat on her idol, held it, held it, held yeah. it, and revealed it as her big final tribal yeah. council pitch, shocking the world. I was going to say, don't it. people usually find that final five idol. I feel like it, like for the last few seasons, somebody's always found it. Fun fact. Yeah. This was the first season 
since Game Changers, which was what, 34, oh, I think, wow. yeah. to not have an idol play at five. No way. About 10 seasons where I every love all the stats that are coming out. This, this is really fun. <laughs> so that's so, yeah. And I think maybe that's why they highlighted that. That took a good 15 minutes of TV mm-hmm. showing them looking and avoiding this idol that had a flag on it. Uh, basically on the, on the branch. <laughs> I do you think that even, they'll move it. I think they'll just leave it on the Island for next. <laughs> season. Just even the last episode, they last episode, they had yes. a, a segment of just like them looking for the idol. Mm-hmm. And like, usually when they have these segments, yes. someone finds the idol, but just two segments, like back to back episodes. Yeah. Like, that was just, strange. No one finds that. Very strange. I guess it shows that they are looking, but man, I guess if we're getting 90 minute episodes, if that's the footage we're getting, like, oof. <laughs> like what are we in store for? In the future? Well, I love that Lauren faked it. Right. And she, at, at, at the at no. travel that night, I, I love it. Threw my shoe at the TV. <laughs> Why? <It's> garbage. <laughs> She's a, she's like, she's probably no. the worst liar ever. And even in that tribal, I think she was trying to play off something like she was trying to play off that. She didn't have conversations. Did that, did that come across to you guys? Did you feel that? Like it almost yeah, felt like weird. she was trying to make it seem like she didn't have conversations with Carolyn and Heidi. And then Carolyn and Heidi, like they both were like, no, we definitely yeah. talked to you. We and she's that. trying to play it off. Like, no, it wasn't a real conversation. Like we usually have. I don't know. It made me feel weird. Okay. But if Jam Jam said, uh, like Jeff, if he faked it, that would have been funny because he was faking it all day with that little hunk of wood and the the other thing. (laughs) Like that would have been funny. But Lauren doing it was just like such a, I don't know why that that? did not, I did not, I did not. I was like, just just go out quietly. Just leave it be. How wow, go out quietly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, after she just, bared her soul to the world that yeah. should be enough it, it's, we, it cheapened that totally and if we want to talk about that moment i actually think lauren gave up lauren like totally gave up prior to that saying i'm going out next and then i feel like that's why she said that she wanted to lessen the blow of getting voted out next to so being like okay it's me next yeah um, those conversations weren't real here i go you know we do that maybe i mean i know i've done that in life where i'm like preparing myself for the worst so that yeah. it, i feel a little bit better when it actually happens and so that's what i read into that I, that's what i read into uh lauren doing that a defense mechanism kind of yeah yeah defense mechanism. one in terms of the challenge that first challenge was epic it was really fun to watch there's tons of keys and knots mm. and stuff i just wanted which... to climb that thing i know i just wanted to play in it yeah, okay. and Carolyn just just continuing and being positive and saying, "Am I still in it, Jeff?" And I just want to get up there. <laughs> okay, but, so if yeah. oh, sorry, Luke, were you done there? No, it's okay. Just with that challenge, though, I looked at it and I said, "Come on, this is like too much climbing." They made five different climbing towers that people had to go over in order to get to the end. Tie untie a bunch of knots, do the key, do the puzzle. Um, I feel like maybe some of the challenges are getting to the point, especially these immunity and reward challenges, where if you take it back to like the basics and which I'll lead us into Samotion, the hit. So mm. the final immunity challenge, Samotion. So you. to give a bit of history on the final immunity challenges, the immunity challenges started off as endurance challenges where survivors were holding uh, an idol and whoever held the idol the longest essentially won that immunity challenge. Yes. Then it led into, yeah, 
in the next few seasons, we get away from that. There was one called Fallen Comrades, Comrades, which I thought was so interesting, where they had to answer questions about the other pl- players oh, who yeah. had already been voted oh, out. Yeah. And I thought that'd be such get an out. epic Survivor at Home challenge. Um, <laughs> moves away from that, goes into mazes and puzzle pieces for this immunity challenge, and then some motion was introduced um, in the token, token cheese. Oh, token cheese. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And won by JT. And this is the sixth time we've seen it now in the history of Survivor. It led me to thinking, because I've seen Samosha now as a newer-ish watching of Survivor. Um, I didn't, I missed a whole bunch of seasons. I thought, you know, I see these people winning Samotion, and then they don't go and win the game. So I wondered what the stat mm-hmm. was on winning final immunity challenge and then ending up winning the game. I didn't think, I thought like, okay, maybe it's not great to win final immunity. You know, Carson won. And I was like, okay, that is good for him. And he didn't win. So out of the 40 seasons, 16 players who won the final immunity challenge ends up going on and winning the game. So it's not a knock against you. I was kind of perceived that, oh, maybe it wasn't good to win that final immunity challenge um, before. Yeah. I, th- I thought it wasn't maybe good, but looking at the stats, it actually is a good, it's just the last five seasons. The person oh. who's won the final mini challenge has not won. Not wonder, since Chris Underwood. Oh, there you go. And I wonder how many of those 16 were before it was forced fire making as the next challenge or like that's, the next that's thing, a really right? interesting. So mm-hmm. okay. if before 35 or whenever that came in, uh if the the final the final four challenge simply gives you immunity in the vote at four. Um, I feel like that's a, is that better odds? I don't know, but that there's something changes there. Something shifts at least in my mind around how, how your chances of winning the game around the fire making debacle and all that sort of stuff entering Mm -hmm. into it. So I, I have a, some, some I've hosted, uh, four online seasons of Survivor and two in person. And one thing I've never said this to anyone is one thing that I've noticed is that in the online editions that I've run for the final three, sorry, yeah, the final three immunity challenge. Because you could do a final the two. Pers- I do a final two. I've always done a final two. I'm a huge fan of the final two. Right. The okay. person who wi- wins the final three immunity and is guaranteed a spot in the finals has never won. The person who has been brought has always won in my online versions, which is a wild stat. And Alex, my tears. Street, who played <laughs> in my most recent season, won the final three and brought Scott Youngblood and lost by, I think it was one vote, right? That's one right? vote. So was it one one vote? vote. Yeah. One <clears throat> sad vote i'm sorry i'm laughing yeah uh it was it was a wild night for sure but what a he deserved just, it. what That's a good. weird fact yeah no it's, every, you both were played such wildly different games both that would have been very so very what is games. that then what is that 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 you try so hard to get yourself into that final and and it's less than 50 percent that you're that that's enough to win maybe it's the underdog maybe it's because the underdogs are trying harder maybe it's because the people who know that they don't have a chance the heidi is like i have to win this or i will not be taken or i will not have a chance i 
I have not enough resume. So she pushes herself that much harder than anybody else's. Maybe it's just a mental game that, that allows her to win the thing to get in. And it's that underdog mentality. Um, but she never had a hope anyways. <laughs> I don't know. My hunch, this is going to sound, I'm going to sound like a dick here, I think, but my hunch is that it does, doesn't mean anything. It, my That's my, my hunch is that it doesn't really mean anything. So I don't know. I did really love that final challenge. I thought I like, I love like, um, what is it called? Samotion. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Like I, I love watching it. I feel like it's a microcosm of the game in general because you need focus concentration. There's all these moving parts, you know, it's all timing too, like your moves and everything. And, uh, yeah, it's like a war of attrition against yourself in a way. Ooh. I don't know. Like if you win that, like even in survivor at home, Alex, when you won, I won uh, that final immunity and I, I put you in fire making and then you ended up winning the whole thing and I finished second. So I don't know if there is a really a connection there or if there could be, there could be, but I don't, I'm not sure what the. Yeah, Alex it is. is. Okay. Well, at the very least it is, that is a, a, a fascinating stat to look at, to think about into monitor anyways and if you're a downer like luke and you're like "Eh, that means nothing then fine but if you want (laughs) if you want to just play with it then be like i know you you wanted to use a different word there i know well i actually think or maybe it's the evolution of the game when you said it didn't matter what i thought you were saying luke was that challenges don't matter as much which is kind of what i've been thinking throughout the season that like challenges just don't matter that much yeah. you know you win that final immunity challenge yeah. you, that doesn't give you a shoe in at yeah. all at the end of the game and so that's how i would interpret it the evolution of the game unless challenges. to kel's point about athleticism unless yeah you've got you know danny or brandon whatever these guys at the end that there was a question to carolyn that really felt like deflated her game where she, they were like tell us about your challenge experience she's like I don't know. I yeah. tried, but okay, that's, that's a great point. You're right. It does it. challenges. Make sure that there is a physical aspect to this game that you are in some ways able to complete these physical challenges. And I think that Carolyn not being good at game, like, or sorry, really bad mm-hmm. at challenges fed into the narrative that Carolyn is incompetent. So in that way, uh, her being not good at challenges really impacted the final outcome. Ooh, that perception of her. Yeah. It's it, I mean, it was it was so close to Carson almost won that. Right. It was down to him and Heidi. Yeah. If he had I I still believe if Carson had won that put himself in the final three, I still believe that he would have won the, the game. Oh, for sure. Can we talk about just yeah. a second how like walking into that that final five coming back a little bit, the final five challenge that, you know, they're walking in, they see the big structures and everything. You almost saw the shot where Carson looked up and saw, oh, there's a puzzle at the end. It's mine. Like, (laughs) he knew it. He knew it. We all knew it. It almost took, like, the energy out of it. Where you're like, if he just gets to the end in reasonable time, it's his. And, of course, it was. Um, But that was was both entertaining and, you know, as a viewer. And a bit sad. It's like, man, the amount of prep that this guy put into, you know, getting on this show and for him to just fall short of like one immunity yeah. like that is so 
brutal. I mean, we talk about we've played these games and that we, you know, are up at night. I'm like, oh, I might not play Survivor at home because my heart hurts. But for you know Carson to do all the prep that he did and just like not get to that final seat, like how many sleepless nights, how like actual heartbreaking moments did he have to just like sit through because this season was filled in june of last year and so that's like six months before the actual show starts only to have like a three or four month okay like everyone loves me i'm killing it every seat every episode selling t-shirts yeah yeah (laughs) yeah carsonauts uh but only to just fall short like my goodness i i do feel i do feel like that that must be especially for when you're 20 years old you know Oh my goodness. Okay. Wow. He's got I mean, multiple survivors ahead of him. It's like last yeah, season's oh, Jesse, right? Oh, yeah, I would same love thing. to see him again. Totally. Um, I think we've talked a lot about challenges. I'm totally cool moving on and incorporating some other thoughts about challenges, like preparing for them that you mentioned, Kel, as we move on through this. But um, any last thoughts here? If I were to ever win a challenge where I can bring like three people to uh, the sanctuary where good things happen, I hate that by the way. What happens? Like, let's stop sanctuary? saying that. Good things. Like, so what a, what a lazy tagline, by the way. That is my biggest complaint about that. It's like that took them all of like 10 seconds to come up with, you know? I'm sending you a welcome. I'm going to create a welcome mat and send it to you as we Kel- Kel's home where good things happen. <laughs> it's like people's like what's gonna happen to me when i enter this condo you're gonna Sanctuary. prepare a cake <laughs> yeah yeah anyway not a fan of that you know it's like the mean girls just it's not gonna happen stop trying to make fetch work um <laughs> anyway that being said if i were to ever win that i'd be like all right who's gonna be drinking these margaritas with me you you and you okay we're getting drunk well, tonight let's <laughs> party and uh i agree let's let's move on that 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 there's a lot around the challenges obviously they're a big part of the game they're exciting and they they do at least they want us to think that they shape the narrative but i think ultimately especially this season what we see is that it really comes down to a relational game and can you read people how are you in this social dynamic if last season everyone's like gabler won because it was a relationship focused season well this season was focused on on what we've talked about a lot your authentic self being you showing up as just who you are being unashamed and not holding back and and really letting us see you and and also working with that using that authenticity that you have that that version of yourself and so as we shift into this outwit how do you use that that relational dynamic um let's dive into that because there's there's a lot here this is i think ultimately we can look at like well this is why jam jam won and so let's unpack this a little bit the relationships the the alliances the cast as a whole whatever shows up to you around this kel take it away yeah I think this was certainly a season of outwitting, right? It was a season of three underdogs, three of the most, the word obscure comes to mind, but just three sort of like wackadoo, like Jam Jam, Carolyn, and Carson. I mean, we talk about three studios, three studios, like they are just such, like what a trio, you know? And for them to come into the merge where you have such like, like 
Brandon, a formal NFL player, Franny, just dominant in the challenges, Danny, who's just this, you know, finding idols nonstop, just energy. And for them to just, these three people to just go under the radar and go back and forth and vote all these people out. Like, I truly do think that this season was highlighting outwit at its, you know, finest. Hard to make it into a TV product, you know, for those of us who, you know, like to see good TV, you want to see those big spectacular moves, sort of those like uh, Jesse voting out Cody, big, yeah. big plays. But, you know, sometimes the the outwit portion is sort of like that subtle sort of like whispering in people's ears gameplay, like that sort of like that little finger, like chaos is a ladder that you move up. And these three people certainly moved up the ladder. And I, I do agree that Carson probably led the charge and Heidi getting him out of the game was the right move. But unfortunately, yeah, Jam Jam and Carolyn, you know, played their part very well. And yeah, I mm. I just think that it's it's a season of, of a wit. And it's just such a lovely display of it. And it's such a, a worthy winner. So did did what did you think about Carolyn? You know, kind of in that in the final tribal, she was drawing to this like using her emotions. Um, I didn't. I don't think that I saw that. That wasn't highlighted through the season. She talked about it, and people respected it. Um, but you know, we talk about outwit, and she played an idol. She did a thing, and and whatnot. But but mostly, you know, for her, it was like this growing close with people is what I mm -hmm. saw as far as her relationship relationship game. Did you, did you see the, any of that sort of, you know, uh, again, manipulating her people, using her emotions, that, that sort of stuff, which seemed to be a strength of her game. I think the way I saw it was she used it as almost um, like a shield or like a mask or a way of like an invisibility cloak, if you will. Like she said, people underestimated her because of all of that. So yeah, her emotional play, I think she said she played it up a couple of times, her arguments with Jam Jam. I think she knew what people thought of her and then yeah, used because of her emotional play. And generally it's not respected in this game. So she was able to use that to deflect, to play under the radar and to, cause she, she's a player who needs a lot of time to think through her decisions and to make calculated moves um and so she needed that time underneath the radar i think to be able to go far and she trusted people you're right her relationships were huge and her trust in people was unwavering so yeah. the issue with playing subtle games which is arguably what these three played is first off does not make for great tv second it's hard to sort of present that in front of a jury of your peers and have them understand and respect it. So I think that is where Carolyn struggled is that they did see her authentic self, but how did that necessarily propel her gameplay forward in a meaningful way that is going to give you individual votes from, from your jury? And it's hard to say. I mean, her and Jam Jam played a game that was very much intertwined. And I think there was only one vote where they voted for Franny where they didn't include her. But how how do you sort of like sift between the differences between their two games? And when 
you know, I think Jam Jam did kill it in Final Tribal Council, and you could probably con like feel like, vote for him confidently. Um, but how how does how does Carolyn necessarily match 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 that? And he's didn't done so well all season long in Tribal Councils. Might I? Yeah, add. it's so it it's so. You said like it doesn't make for good TV, like the subtle game, the quiet game doesn't make for good TV. And yet I have this very clear picture that this was the tale of of almost two seasons. It was like you have the first half of the season where it was it was idle and advantage crazy. It was bonkers. Mm. We didn't see the players play. We didn't see outwit. There wasn't a chance to outwit because the game was outwitting the players, it seemed like. And then in the second half of the season was actually where the game it was the best survivor that we've seen this season. And, and I think we've seen in a while because we just saw the relational dynamic. How are they going to play with that? How are they going to manage that? And you're right. It wasn't, it wasn't explosive fireworks, but there was always questions going into tribal. There was always mm -hmm. um, interesting conversations and it might just be because of the characters that were at play, but uh, yeah, I would, I think credit to the editing crew to make it interesting TV. As far as I'm concerned, it was better than the first half where it's, you know, let's just put them in a fun house and, and see what happens when we throw a birdcage at them. But to just go back to the idea of a social game, we did see a lot of clips of Carolyn's struggle to connect with people socially. You know, she, yeah. I think, had issues with the one-on-one. At the beginning, one, you mean? Well, at the beginning of both the actual game and the merge. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was yeah, a scene yeah. of her, of everyone just sort of like talking and sharing their thoughts and laughing. And she's kind of just like staring off into space. Like, I hate this. I hate this so much right now. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I want that. something. That I need. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, I've, I've been in situations like that. I've seen people be in situations like that. And I think we're jam jam thrives is in these social settings and so i think he was able to connect to people a lot more closely than someone like carolyn and of course uh, heidi as well so i think he did excel socially where his competition did not and i mean we see heidi has, was left out of several votes um people obviously i'm sure valued her socially but you know jam jam just really took it to the next level such like a lovely person and of course we talk about them being characters but jam jam is just so funny like his mannerisms his characteristics like he is just such like a, just a dynamic personality and like how could you not fall in love with this man both like i'm sure on the island and of course just watching him through tv so with that question, question for everybody of the cast and maybe just the merge but who would you most like to be you know, in the final three with like that you would have the best time with of any of the jury members or any of those people, not just final, like, who do you feel like, man, I would really have a good time. I, I want to say Franny and Matt, but they'd just be off canoodling the whole time. So like, <laughs> who, who would it be those, like, which people did you most feel like I could friends with those people? Well, if, if I, if I, if I'm winning a challenge and I'm bringing people from margaritas, uh, give me Danny, give me, uh, Jamie and give me Jam Jam. <laughs> That's who I'm taking. Jeez. But then you're out of the final three. Yeah, you get three. It's three total. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, uh, you know, Danny can go to jury. 
good, great. Lynette, who you got? I definitely would go Jam Jim and Carolyn, but I would want Carson there too. I would just want to be like their friends with them. I was seeing Instagram posts of them all hanging out together now. And I was, I know this is strange, but I was so envious. And like, it's not, I don't get envious of people I see on TV, but I was like, I want to play Survivor just so I can create two amazing friends and then be best friends in real life. So I would, I would pick, but Carlin and Jam Jam. Carolyn. It's good. Carolyn. It's good. You can't go wrong with that. What a wild time that would be. <laughs> yeah. My, my gut says jam jam is one of them, but I think it has to be Matt Blankenship it has to be. I think it's you love Matt Blankenship. That's a good choice. love Matt. What is with you and Matt Blankenship? If you he is so Matt genuine. He would hit stop on the recording right now. That's probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I think I, that's probably the two, to be honest. I, Jam Jam stole my heart a couple of times this episode, you know, with, with his interaction there with Carson, for sure. But when we saw the sweetness between him and Carolyn, you know, at The Rock, like you were talking about when, when they were making fire. But also they were just like hanging out at camp and she just like stroked his beard. And that yeah. just there was such an intimate, like beautiful, like friendship vibe about that, that I it just seemed so like trusting and yeah, like pure. And there's I whatever it was, it just made me smile. And I was really happy for them. But I know that if I was with them in the final three, they would just like hang out together, Carolyn and Jam Jam, and they'd talk and talk and talk. So I need Matt Blankenship there to be quiet and then just be his bird self. And then Jan Jam and I can chat. That's good. That's good. <laughs> really quickly on the topic of, of Matt, when he did speak during the final uh, tribal council, I was like, this is really not adding anything of value. <laughs> you know, yeah, so you just wanted to I just, yeah, I just wanted love. to like, exactly. So I, I am not a big Matt fan, but I'm glad Luke is and I'm glad Franny is. But Luke Blankenship, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely meant to say Matt Blankenship, but you know what? Luke Blankenship works as well. Hey. <laughs> In another life. Uh, anything else stand out again, really, about the, the social? You're right. I think this was an outwit season. Uh, again, kind of coming back to the conversation, Lynette, as you said, like, do challenges matter as much? That That really, I couldn't put a number on it, but that has been something I've been cooking within me for a while is like yeah, challenges, like the game does not respect challenge wins or challenge performance nearly as much. It's not a 33, 33, 33 outplay outwit outlast. It's like, you know, outplay gets 20% and outwit is 60, right? And, and outlast obviously is how do the votes go and all that sort of stuff and how are you at the end? And so uh, I think, yeah, what does this mean about how the seasons are going or anything? But this, to your point, Kel, I think that's it. This this was an outwit season and we saw people really yeah. own it. And so I just wanted to briefly talk about Heidi as well. So, of course, she comes in second place. And so we can, you know, talk about where she did not play well all season. But when we, we say that she won the won the episode, but one big misplay I felt she did during final tribal is, you know, jam jam sort of opens up his discussion and then she sort of like interjects a point. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, that is not a good look. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did not think that was okay. It's like, let him speak and then you can rebuttal it later. I 
that just did not sit well with me as a viewer. And I'm sure maybe the jury felt the same way. So you, you want to give everyone their opportunity. You don't want to, I'm sure, you know, interject at some point, but not during the opening, you know? Yeah. There's a fine line there, right? Between you want to make sure that your opinion, your view, your perspective, your gameplay is first and foremost in people's minds. I think that was kind of Heidi's maybe strategy there and interrupting and kind of like, you know, trying to cut off Jam Jam from making his point. But there is a fine line between making your point known and and belittling people or or making them feel kind of weird, right? Or gross. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that maybe was a bit inappropriate, but you're fighting for a million dollars. So, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Um, and this is not really, I guess, on topic, but she did say that she would have been the oldest woman. So I did look back at who the next two oldest women to play were. And Denise Stapley was <sighs> 41. And then Tina, oh, <laughs> and Tina Wesson was 40, who won the second season of Survivor. She was, and Tina was the oldest female for a, a long time too, right? Yeah, and, until Denise. Yeah. How old Tina was 40? 41. 40, 40 or 41? 40. I, well, I remember I like, her being like 60. Like she was <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I was like 13 when she won. <laughs> I also am think I'm like, okay, if 41's the name, the number to beat, I'm like, hey, I gotta apply to, to Survivor in about seven years, then I could <laughs> right. be the oldest woman to win Survivor. <laughs> yeah, I'm 39. Yeah. Like, how is that? Am I geriatric on Survivor now? If I show up, am I the old man? You are the old man. Yes, yes, you are. That actually gives me a great, that might be a better op, a better chance to get on the show if I pitch yeah. that. Of course. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you and Gabler, you'll be in good company. So <laughs> uh, so I just also wanted to, to uh, I guess, mention that we had two Puerto Ricans on uh, the season and they both made it to the final. So I'm sure if you're a Puerto Rican or you're from Puerto Rico, like how awesome is that to see? You know, so good representation there. Uh, Jam Jam is the third LGBT person to win after Todd Herzog. Todd Herzog was the last person LGBT person to win uh, in Survivor China. And of course, the first wow. winner, Richard Hatch. Yeah, of course, the first out, out people. Mm -hmm. And he is the right. third Latin American person to win after, of course, the two-time winner, Sandra Diaz-Twine and uh, Chris Underwood, who uh, won the... Uh, season, well, I forget what season that was, but uh, Rick Devin's season, yeah, the Rick Devin season. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I just wanted to, to, to highlight highlight that before we That's completely good. move on from uh, Survivor, uh, from, from them. Um, and I think there's one other thing that I wanted to mention, but it's slipping my mind. So, so I like that on. conversation, like looking at it, kind of zooming out because the last even like I want to say four seasons or whatever, if you look at the winners. I, there was a conversation. I want to can't remember what what season it was, but there was a very very pointed conversation uh, in tribal about representation, ethnicity, all of that kind of stuff, sexual orientation, gender, and the last four winners. Like you look at them, uh, Erica's Filipino, um, Marianne. I think her her background is Kenyan, um, Gabler White, and then you've got. Um, jam jam who's puerto rican right and then you just have a, and then even this you look at the cast this season the representation is incredible and i mean it is 
it is what it is. I think when you watch the game, it's not as clear. And then when you look back and you zoom out, you're like, oh, this is really interesting how this all kind of played out. And I mean, our one Canadian is from Saskatchewan, who, mm. you know, we all know is not one of the more beloved provinces. So, yeah, hey, really no. cool. Wow. My heart, my heart is in Saskatchewan. I went to school out there for a bit. It's, it's my what? heart is flat. So Saskatchewan, I don't know what that means. I, uh, it's, it's good. He, he, I saw a thing that like the jury was all asked, you know, who was who played the best game on that's on the jury, and like it was unanimously Kane. Everybody was like, Kane, Kane had a game. If he wasn't out then, he was dangerous. Like that's why he was playing a game. So. Interesting. I, we, I, I love it. No, Kane, Kane was a Kane was great. I, I kind of gave him a hard time early on, but yeah, what a what a lovely Canadian. And I do hope that he has sort of like Survivor anything. I would probably make the trip to Saskatoon if he has like a watch party. Like I, I will go. Oh. I, or maybe a good D and D game. Maybe he's got some Dungeons and Dragons happening there. Hop I'm in. kind of a nerd, but I'm not that big of a nerd. I I have never played D and D. I tried to get oh, my friends Kel. to play at some point, but they all say no. So. I so, took you for like a mage level three, but okay. If not, then fine. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. So I I noticed too, uh, kind of uh, this will take us sort of from uh, outwit into outlast here. Um, but along with diversity of all of those, you know, different ethnicities and gender and all that stuff. Uh, we also saw a real discrepancy, not discrepancy, but just a, a wide range of emotional um I guess you could say emotional intelligence or emotional quotient uh, where people exhibited their emotions on different scales and it was all over the map. What it was really interesting because you've got <clears throat> Heidi like in, in stark contrast, I think to jam jam and Carolyn, but even through the rest of the cast, you see kind of a, the, like pretty, a pretty wide range of people in terms of how they display their emotions. We talked about Lauren earlier this season and how she kind of came out of her shell, but Franny asks this question in Final Tribal. I'm curious what you think. Is um, so she talks about emotion versus intellect, you know, the way how you play with your heart versus your mind. Do you think that that's it almost seemed like it was a knock against Heidi that she didn't play with emotion? Did it feel that way to you? Do you think that this is going to be something that juries look for? in the future in the potential winner of their season. I don't know if it'll be in the future, but it was definitely relevant in this season, right? One, absolutely. As we talk about themes and that sort of stuff. And, and I know that that was kind of like a law ball for, for Carolyn to, to, to hit, but Heidi responded to it, didn't she? And she kind of defended that. Mm-hmm. And I think Laura, and then Lauren like highlighted. Yeah. I actually really respect how you did that, how you, mm-hmm managed your emotions in the game and did that um but yeah that was that was an interesting conversation will it be something that they look for in the future uh, yeah again it depends is this where the game is going but for this season for sure it it had to be are you real or no yeah i think it is definitely a good question and i think as a woman like franny like heidi's response it was so aligned with what I think maybe women sometimes feel when they're working in professions and they're not taken 
like they're not given the credit that they deserve based on the fact that their voices aren't listened to based on the fact that maybe because it's coming from a woman. So I think Franny's question of asking that is not necessarily asking like, should you be playing with emotions, but maybe trying to highlight the fact that just because Carolyn, like you said, it was a lob, lob, lob ball, lob, yeah, to Carolyn. Um, and just because Carolyn showed her emotions didn't mean she wasn't strategic. And Carolyn, I wish had latched onto that a little bit more. And mm. we had kind of highlighted that Carolyn made the pitch that she was being emotional, but using that to her advantage, where I didn't see that in her game, what Alex, you had already said that. Yeah. Um, and so I think the question, yeah, I think from a woman's perspective, you want to be heard and seen, even if you shed a tear, even if you get really excited or even if whatever, because you can also be strategic while on top of being emotional. Hmm. I think I agree with everything that was stated. And I want to further that by saying like the four of us here come from occupations and backgrounds that are very people oriented but Heidi is an engineer, which is all like data and input and like structures. And so I think, yeah, first off, I had already mentioned that, you know, she's used to working with men. And then second, I think just her occupation and I guess what she sort of like does for eight hours or more, however long engineers work, it's not really like people focused. It's not really like emotionally charged, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, looking at data and numbers and ensuring things are matching up to codes it very dry work and i think that probably seeps into her personality at at some point like i i know a few engineers they're all brilliant people but and they're all you know socially great as well but there has to be something there where you just don't necessarily you know i'm a social worker and like my job is also like you know social so I, so i think there there has to be something there with with your background with your yeah. occupation yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's definitely a balance because even just to have a social game in some, some form, you, you need to be able to connect on an emotional level at, in, in some way, right? Like in some way, whether it's even just trust, whether it's just being a consistent ally. So, and I think if we look at Jane Jam's game in terms of outlast, we see him perform on a number of levels. He was at the bottom a couple of times. He survived a few votes. Um, he got through all of that. He still was able to connect with his alliance. And all this whole time, what I really noticed is that, yes, you could call him emotional, I guess, but he was really able to bring it all together. And well, I'm going to say it again, that scene with Carson, where he was calm under pressure and he was able to kind of, in a way, like, being able to bring Carson under his wing in a, in a moment of competition and just be so comforting and encouraging to him. I think that set the tone for the entire cast. I want to say, I'm not saying that this is jam jam alone, but I feel like the way that he presented himself in, in the game was exactly what this cast was looking for and how they even played the game in terms of their relationships, their um, loyalties to each other um, and things like that too. So if we're looking, I think that's my, my question there, I guess, is just looking forward in the game. Is that going to become more of a, a factor when people are considering uh, yeah. the winner for the future seasons? But 
Yeah, this is good. And this is a good segue into this last section for sure of the conversation here around Outlast and what are the votes looking for? Where are they going and and how did, why did they go the way they did? And and was it worth it for uh, Jam Jam and Carson to turn on to to vote without Carolyn that vote, you know, back then? Was it worth it for Danny to play his idol on Franny only to vote her out to two tribals later did these work out for their games and yeah what did people value how did these people get to the end and how did they win this is the outlast portion this is the the basics of survivor put people in the game they have to vote each other out and then those people that were voted out vote for the winner at the end and before we get here i just want to loosen things up a little bit because something that was cracking me up during the, the reunion was like Franny was absolutely toasted, right? She was wasted. She was like just going, am I right on that? She was like over the top on everything. Was I that, did not notice. Was that just me? But okay, no, I, I did notice Jam Jam, Jam at one point. Jam Jam was like holding his glass and he's like, uh, 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 and he like looked down and like rolls his <laughs> eyes. And I was like, okay, he's wasted. Swaying. That's oh. the, it's so wild that you put these people in the, I mean, the, the ones that have been on Ponderosa have been, you know, partying for weeks or whatever, but especially those three, those final three, they're wildly dehydrated and let's just keep pouring champagne on them. It's, it's a little bit of a, a gong yeah, I, show. I think but. Franny is like when she was in the game and I think the first trouble that she went to, like her eyes were just like light up and her, like her, right. she's so expressive as is. So sorry. I'm sure there's a siren that everyone hears. Uh, She's a, such an expressive person as it is. So yeah, I'm sure you just get like some champagne in her and just like quadruple that energy. Just right? so, yeah. <laughs> All right, Luke. Uh, let's let's talk about it last to, to kind of wrap this up, and and then um, we'll we'll start to uh, you know descend the plane here. Um, yeah, take us through this. Yeah. So final tribal. Uh, I you know did you guys notice that there were a couple of really interesting. Uh, style choices on the jury this time around like Kane's mustache or Danny's poncho Danny's poncho the poncho I want to know the story <laughs> of that poncho I don't know if I do but I liked Carson's baby <laughs> face it was nice to see that back so Danny that was totally jarring. just went that shopping in a local town <laughs> what was oh no Carson's just seeing Carson yeah it's like who is this mm. child mm. <laughs> yeah I thought yeah. it was interesting watching the jury they all seemed did you get this feeling that they were all a little pro Heidi? It during the the it looked. I mean, they were cheering hard for her during the fire making. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I got the feeling that they they were rooting for her to make it there, or maybe rooting against Tika. I don't know. I think. I mean, we talk about like good TV. Yeah. I think that was the most quote unquote good TV that we had. Is that okay? We see these we don't want to say dominant three people, but these three people who did what no one could think they could do. And we have this one last person who can, you know, disrupt that. I think you have to cheer for her. You don't want these three people to have smugly made it to the end. And like, you know, this big, like F you to the jury, like they were probably like, I'm Heidi, like I'm Heidi in this moment. And I want her Mm. to, so I agree. Like you see Jamie clapping, you see Lauren clapping, you just see like all these people like have her back. And so, yeah, for, for her. So to more cheering for the competition that the, 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 what was happening rather than who was doing it. You're saying. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just seemed it felt it felt like in that moment because we had talked about that a little bit that there was a potential advantage for Heidi or Lauren if they got to the final based on the jury and the makeup of the jury. But then the votes were very lopsided and, you know, seven to one in and to zero in favor of Jam Jam. Yet another, I think, four, it's the fourth season in a row that we see a seven to one to zero vote. I mean, and when Carson was talking to the finalists in the final tribal there, he mentioned some other stats about votes. And we've got Carolyn, who's in on 88.89% of the votes. Jam Jam was in on 90% of the votes, even though he voted for Heidi, the, the tribal before. Um, some strange vote there. And then Heidi was only in on, on two thirds of the votes. That was a good um, vote. I think, which I think that was a good that was a good vote for by by Jam Jam because he was he was protecting himself against Lauren's potential idol idol. Okay, that's the reasoning. Yeah, so he did okay. that so that if Lo- they were all on Lauren, Lauren plays an idol, throws a Jam Jam. He's got Heidi there, so at least on a revote, or he gets a revote. That yeah. was the, that was the purpose there. But yeah, I mean, every single one of those finalists got, received votes against at some point throughout the season. Not to not to say that Carson sh- maybe should have been the winner of the season, but he received zero valid votes, right? Because he um because whatever votes he got, Carolyn nullified with her idol, and he never got any other votes for the, in the rest of the remainder of the season. So that would have been an intense that would have been something for him to just bring out to the jury. He didn't get voted again, like a single valid vote against the entire time. That's that's another superstar stat from Luke. Thank you. That's- well, Jam, so- to my own horn, I think the people who did play the perfect games, I think JT played a perfect game who won token jeans. He had zero votes against him and he won. He got every vote. And I think Earl Cole, who won Fiji, the first time they were ever in Fiji, he, you know, got every vote and played like no votes against him every game. So it's, 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 it's happened, but it's, it is, it is very rare. And so I had no idea that Carson could have been, in company with those with those people unfortunately jt comes back twice and just plays miserably but uh what yeah no that, that's that is a fun stat so uh, no, i know i love that we had three pretty pretty different games in this final three um jam jam being perceptive kind of the middleman in relationships heidi you know huge moves at the end um and then Carolyn with her emotion strategy sort of gameplay. Did you have a feeling that the votes were going in, in any one direction after all the questions, after all of the discussion? How did you guys feel? Did you think that it was going one way, Lynette? I definitely thought it was not going Carolyn's way. So in that, I was already kind of a little bit sad. I did not think she articulated herself well enough in the final tribal council because she actually did make a lot of great moves, even left Jam Jam out of a move uh, before prior to merge to get out Sarah. And I think that was like her perception of the first question actually of the tribal council I thought was really interesting. It had to do with perception and how do you think we perceive you? Right. They wanted to know how self-aware the counts or the uh, final three were. And Carolyn had shared she had a lot of self-doubt. And I think that impacted her. That impacted her. She thought nobody sees me for who I am or the people that do are sitting up here with me like Jam Jam. Even Carson didn't even believe in her. Carson Mm. consistently told Jam Jam she's not a threat. Don't Mm. worry about her. 
Whereas Jam Jam was telling people, oh, like Carolyn knows exactly what she's doing. She knows every single move that she's making. And he had that awareness about her. So I was, yeah. What a, and also like, what a scary question. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. I like the season where Marianne won. I don't know if you guys remember, uh, but Tori asked uh, Mike, it's like, okay, as someone who, you know, really values honesty or whatever, it's like, she set him up to fail hard with that question. And I feel like, man, if you misanswer this question, you are going to look like such an idiot, you know? So that is, that that's a frightening question. And you have to be self-aware AF because you can crash and burn if you answer wrong. I did feel like there were, you know, how are the votes going? I, I'm with you, Lynette, where you're like, ah, eh, not Carolyn's way. But I really, I thought she'd get one. Mm-hmm. I thought she deserved mm-hmm. two. Um, I read today she she expected Carson's and Franny's votes. Oh, interesting. And that, yeah. that was hard for her mm-hmm. to, to not get any. Um, but, and that's what I always said the way that Franny was showing up, it seemed like she's decided it's she's putting Carolyn's name down. So that was, hmm. um, but I was still, there was right up to the votes. I'm telling you, there was, it was, it could be Heidi. They could surprise me here it, yeah. it, again, because of last season, I don't know what to do. Yeah. So I think I didn't, I didn't answer the question. Uh, I, <laughs> after right before the votes, I, I said to myself, I actually recorded recorded my my reaction, but I, I looked very terrible, so I didn't post it. But I thought, I was like, okay, I don't think Carolyn wins. Um, and I was already sort of like leaning towards Jam Jam, but I didn't expect it to be such a blowout, like another seven to one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was, I was happy for Jam Jam, um, but I didn't feel, I, I felt like Carolyn was gonna lose. And I was a bit shocked that Heidi came in second place with one vote. Yeah. And I was a bit sad for Heidi because her edit did not reflect her getting a second place game. I mean, maybe on a rewatch, we'll see and understand more of her game. But just when you consider, I guess, how you feel leaving every episode, Heidi never made a lot of strong impressions one way or the other. And that's the editor's fault. It's not Heidi's fault. And no, so but I think it's that's just, just you look at the vote that she got. She got Danny's vote. Danny's vote. Because yeah. I think if anything, Heidi played a hustle game. Heidi mm-hmm. hustled. Whether she hustled in the right direction to the right conversations or not, she found that advantage. She found she did those things and she was working conversations. Were they the right conversations? Not necessarily, but she was hustling and Danny saw that Danny, the guy who's tumbling through the woods, any chance that he can get is also playing a hustle game. And yeah. so, you know, they were two peas in a pod uh, playing the same, I would say disconnected game. And mm. so it's not surprising yeah. that he got her vote, but again, that's where I would say, but throw two towards Carolyn Lee. Right. You, look, the second. Yeah. you look at the people who voted, like who got the one vote and there's someone who is, connected fairly closely like i think it was danny who voted for deshaun and then was it james who voted for cassidy and the weirdest one is i very disagree with this one where jonathan voted for mike like that one is a bit mm. ugh, to me you know it's like mm-hmm. i i would be if anything obviously marianne wins but it's like 
come on, man. Like we started on the same tribes together. Like, could you have not thrown me the vote? Like what, what else could <laughs> I have done for, you know? Um, if you're so tight with a- someone though, you see their game in and out. Right. I think that's where the perspective comes in. Like you, you can't help, but know notice every move that that person makes. And then it becomes just, I, it's just like, it's just biased. It's just, that's all I asked someone who's ran games and, you know, I've never been in the finals, but I voted. Um, yeah, I think everyone is entitled to their vote and how they choose to vote is valid and you can criticize it and it might not necessarily hold up to scrutiny, but that's how that person felt in that moment. And it's, you can't change it. So I, I agree that, you know, Jonathan did the move that he wanted, but in light of just his full relationship with Marianne, it did shock me to see that he voted for Mike. And I know they bonded later Mm -hmm. on and he was part of that, but he was also just very much tied to Marianne. So, and it's not like Marianne did him dirty, you know, like I don't think she Mm -hmm. did anything to, uh, you know, screw him over one way or the other. I'd have to rewatch season 42 again, but I don't know. I I just felt sad for Marianne in that moment. And that's the uniqueness of this game. You're not playing. Uh, yes, there are always there's some benchmarks that I think every jury has for what they think a winner should be. But really, you're playing in a in a bubble, in a sense, with this with a very unique group of humans who all see the game from different perspectives. It's like we talked about last week with Jordan. There's this puzzle that you're all putting together with puzzle pieces that don't really fit. And you kind of come up with this like, really crazy like ugly looking puzzled but you end up coming out with a winner and somebody that you decide with the other people you played with who deserves to win and so sometimes you know we see it and we think something different you know maybe we thought i don't know danny shouldn't have voted for heidi but he saw her game he from her from his perspective and how much do you buy kane's opening comment that our votes are all up in the air do you think that's true yeah, I think, I think so. that's like 60% true. I think it's, yeah, I 60. think it is more true than not. Yeah. Honestly, I think you want to go in with like an open mind, but you also have like, I really hope this person says these like three things right. that'll yeah, like, yeah, yeah. really make me feel good. Right. So I, I think, yeah, you, you want to give people, you want to give people, um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so you're going in thinking joke, I'm also- leaning towards jam jam, unless he just really craps the bed here, then, you know, then it's, it's up in the air. It is anybody's. Yeah. To right. go back to, I guess, why I voted for you, Alex, like you would have really you have to yeah, crap the bed for me not to vote for you in the season that you won. Because, you know, first off, our games were just so connected to the two seasons that we played. Right. So I was already like predisposed to vote for you. But like you would have to be like really just put an awful display of your final game on. And I like and, and yeah, yeah. No, I've only no crapped the bed once in my life, by the way. So, you know, hopefully oh, very good. Yeah, not again college man some rough years for everyone <laughs> um it's cool in the after i don't want to what do you want to call it what is it called the after party after tribal franny talked about why they voted for jam jam and she said that he pulled apart the complexity of the game yes i thought that was an interesting way of putting it and he said before even going into final tribal that his words and he said this many times his words are his weapons and he displayed that We've said this before. Final tribal is a challenge. Lynette, you you talked you talked about this in your challenge part of the the uh, this podcast. So 
Jam Jam dominated this challenge. He even, I think you, there was a couple moments that I noticed where, you know, Carolyn brought up her idol play, I think, as a like part of her perspective answer. And he said, yeah, but it didn't really matter. And he didn't have to say anything about Heidi's idol because everyone knew that Heidi's idol wasn't played with any effectiveness. And then he, he didn't even have to say anything, but Carolyn also affirmed his game. I said this before. Carson affirmed people's games. Seemed like everybody was kind of pumping each other's tires. The Jam Jam seemed to be getting a lot of that pumping too. And it's just like the way it played out. I think he mm. was masterful in the way that he not only used his words, but allowed other people to use their words in his um, to his benefit. Um, overall, I thought that probably the he probably played the perfect social game. I'm going to be thinking about that twinkle in your eye mm. comment yeah. for a long time to to where he that i think that won the game for him that locked in the boats when he described it in that way that i saw you you know i i built relationships and the way that i built relationships was to first talk about something that you love and see the twinkle in your eye then when i come back and i ask about who you're voting for if there's no twinkle i can tell that you're lying to me because you're not excited about this that is exceptional, Lynette. You were talking earlier about it, the emotional quotient, the EQ that people have. That is like out of this world EQ to be able to notice that. And, and you can't describe what's the twinkle in your eye. What is that? Um, I'm going to be, yeah, as I say, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I want to look at that. I want to notice that. Do I see the twinkle in any of your eyes right now? <laughs> Do I, or are you, are you a little sleepy at this point of the night? Uh, Do you not want to be here? And just thinking about future conversations, that sort of like, does this person actually be wanting having a conversation with me? How do you notice that? How do you find that out? That was fascinating. I think that won the game for him. I think Alex, your words are your weapons too. Like you, you've, you've proven that in survivor at home. You've proven that on this podcast multiple times. I was going to ask. I'm a fighter. Uh, I'm a lover. I don't have my well. weapons. <laughs> Okay, Jam Jam. No, but no, you are such so good with your words and hearing you like well said. Well said, Alex. But Lynette and Kel, what would you if you were to say there's something about your you can even say you could say personality, but even maybe the way that you might play Survivor, what would your weapons be? How would you describe yourself in terms of uh your your weapons? So one I've played you know, don't tell Andrew Ironside, but I have played other Survivor, Survivor adjacent games. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's okay. He doesn't listen to this anyway. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, being, yeah, I've stated my occupation as a social worker already. Um, one of the games that I played, my friend Sarah, she she runs uh, what she calls, yeah, well, Survivor at all costs, pun on her, her last name. So I, the second time that I played, I was aligned with two people who made it to the finals. And so it was a final three. Andrew will love that. And so I made it, the two people made it to the finals. And I didn't completely understand why I was voted out at the final eight. And so my my question to to both of them was like, so like what happened there? Like why why was I voted out? And one of them said, it's like, well, like you're just such a genuine person that I felt like sitting next to you at the end 
would have been, you know, part of my demise to not win the game. So, and I do sort of see that in my own life where I do have ability to, to connect to people. And as much as that is a benefit, I think that is also in these games, people do see that as, you know, a reason to, to vote me out. So it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough balance for sure. But I, I would say that, yeah, to answer my question and this, your question is like, yeah, I, I, I probably am able to connect with people to well. And yeah, you know, people do feel that I, I'm an accepting and warm person and um, yeah, people, people enjoy that about me. I don't know. Well, that what's your, what's your, what's your answer? <laughs> I feel this question is like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, just deflect, deflect. I mean, because it's such a self-awareness question to be asked this and knowing that there's a potential survivor at home event coming up, you want us to give away uh, what, what our weapons would be. No, but no, in all seriousness, I think similar to Cal, I am able to connect with people and then the people that I do not connect with. So over Zoom on social, like Survivor at Home, if I don't connect with you over Zoom, which Alex, me and you did not connect the first season that we played no together. And <laughs> I, it, I like, that was because I didn't know how to read you. And we, me and Alex have had conversations about this before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think knowing who you connect with and knowing who you do not connect with while you're playing the game is super important moving forward because you create alliances. And if you know you're connecting in your alliances, you know you're moving forward if your alliance is staying true to you. So that would be, that would be. What so what do use. you look for then? In how, again, members? coming back to the twinkle in your eye kind of thing. Oh, like what, yeah, how, how do you know, how do you make that quick judgment? How have you made that quick judgment? or or kind of connection with people? Um, I don't know if I could put my finger on it now in this moment. I think it has to do a little bit with body language. I think it has to do with eye contact. Actually, last time I was on the podcast with Andrew and Jordan, and we were talking about, can you tell if somebody lies? I work with high school kids. So I asked the kid, where were you? Why did you skip class? And they'll tell me like, don't lie to me. And then they break instantly. You can, so (laughs) there's just something that people do. Everybody has a tell. And so mm-hmm. I think I'm fairly good at the tells. Oh, that's good. I love that. The high schooler reference there. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's an incredible skill. Luke, what's yours? What do you got? Oh, I don't know. I think I, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, you play the flute. <laughs> I actually think my weapon is smiling. I just smile. I make people feel comfortable. That's all. I just listen a lot. I smile. That's all. It is. It's okay, the listening. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's the listening. Sure. Smile. Sure. Dazzle us with your, your grin. But it, I and think there's a element there. No, yeah, I'm not intelligent. Well, exactly. Nothing else. Just mm, smile. Okay. All right. Stop downplaying it. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, Lynette sees you. Uh, that's it. I think you, you listen. You, you, uh, withhold you know you hold back you you know when to jump in and that's a that's a weapon i don't know how you describe that but it's called being mennonite being passive <laughs> <Not Mennonite. laughs> we're good fantastic we love again we're happy with the vote are we are we celebrating it i don't know we talked about that at the beginning some sadness the best of the worst case scenario kind of thing. Maybe some people love it. At least it wasn't Heidi. So as we move in, then we watch this, we celebrate and we watch these people get drunk and eat 
pizza and talk about their moments together and reveal the fake idol. It's all fun. And then Jeff says, let's take a sneak peek at season 45. So we want to take a minute here to talk about not only next season explicitly, exactly what we get from that small preview, but what is one thing I'd love to hear from each of you? What's one thing that you want to see happen or be removed as Survivor continues to evolve? What's one thing that you like, take this away or add this as we get into that? And while you're thinking about that, uh, you know, what we saw in the season 45 promo, A, we saw Bruce jumping off the boat. He's excited yeah. to be back, uh, which is good. I hope he's careful. We saw a potential. Did you see the uh, the gavel hit the table? A potential survivor auction. Happened. Oh, interesting. I okay, it's just a that. tease. It was towards the end of it. <laughs> Maybe it's just so the theme of next over. season. Just know, judge right? and jury. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yikes. there we go. Um, and and we saw some good characters again. It reminds me of last season's promo where they showed Matt. Matthew like climbing the rock. They showed right. Jam Jam talking about pooping in the ocean. Um, <laughs> we had some good little quips there of some of these characters. One guy's dad robbed a bank. Another guy lives right. with his 85 year old grandmother. Um, so you know it's going to be full of good characters. Hopefully we get one guy says I love being a villain. So maybe mm-hmm. we'll get a good villain next season. But overall, you know, they do what they do. It looks pretty good. Um, anything else stand out to you about next season specifically? Well, you said, what do we not want to come back? I really do not want to come back. That vote after the merge where somebody can win immunity for their half of the merged individuals. It's just like, we're back on tribes. And then those people have zero power. Like Matt just got such a short end of the stick in that vote. So I hope they do not bring that back. Good. Toss that away. the, The earn the merge sort of thing where it's like, you're not quite merged and you're not on team phases. Is that what you're talking about? Or... No, I'm talking about the fact that Matt had literally zero social power in the vote that he got voted out this season because all of right. his alliance members ended up randomly being put on the other side, like the, right. yeah, of the teams. Yeah, they had tribes, all made was... the merge. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And... So I don't want that challenge back. Yeah, mm. good. Oh, okay. okay. That's what yeah. Else? That's appeared. That's appeared here and there throughout Survivor, but yeah, that's been sort of like a, a mainstay here, and I I agree. I, I could do without it. One thing I do not like is these three tribes of six like i get that you know it makes for interesting storytelling for having you know nowhere to hide sort of like you're on tribe of six like where can you really go but give me like two tribes of eight nine or even ten again like i think i think that's really fun so um i know there's some leaked stuff out there and so i won't get into it but like i'm i'm very much over this three tribes of six especially because we've seen I know it's been discussed to death already, but especially in the pre-merge, we see a lot of women get voted out because you need to keep the tribe, the tribe strong. And, you know, we've seen, you know, women win, but at the end of the day, you also want to see, you know, just more equality throughout the game. You don't, you, you know, keeping the buff guys so you can win. It's, it's, it's of course the move, but like, man, can we just go back to two tribes where it's like you can, you know, attack some of these other people who aren't, who are the smaller framed guys or, or women, you know? So that's Love one it. thing that I want to see taken away. Luke, what's your takeaway or addition to make Survivor 
what what it could be, what you want it to be. Um, did I just get one of either, or can I do one of no, one great. of both? Like we, it's our podcast. Do what Here's you want, what, man. You know what? There's only one thing that I want taken away, and that's fire making. Come on, I yes. don't want it. You know what? Okay, I, I gotta I feel like I just I just because I feel like there's a bottleneck there always yeah. in the game, and it it needs to be. I think it just needs to go. We gotta. Do so we have else. a uh, we actually have a question from a longtime listener, part time host. Uh, Jordan uh, sent oh. us a question that uh, asks: Has fire making run its course? Gabler set the record in forty three, and Heidi just beat it. Right. Is it time to say no more to fire making because the players have figured it out? Well, so Carolyn even said she's been practicing for five years. Right. Five years. Exactly. If you can practice a challenge for five years and know that it's in the game, I don't know. It just feels non not exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I was reading today Jeff's reason why he likes the fire making challenge is that it gives that fourth player person who's going to potentially get voted out like Carson and Jesse last season, the ability to keep themselves in the game. And the very unfortunate thing about Carson and Jesse going home at four in the fire making challenge is that they did not practice. And I don't understand this because Carson prepared for every other aspect, every other part of this game, except for the fire making challenge. What happened there? What is his story there? So so I agree that like, (laughs) maybe don't love the fire making challenge, but um, it's in it. And I understand why it's there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, Carson said he practiced at home, but for whatever yeah. reason, couldn't do it on the island. Maybe it was the pressure or something like that. Or I maybe just, he used to hatch it at home. Maybe it's just what the, the <laughs> materials that he used. Maybe. But just imagine I, if if this went the way of Heidi, Heidi wins immunity. And now the vote is you have to the four of them have to decide on one of the Tikas to vote out. That would be fascinating conversation. Rather yes, than agree. let's go light a fire. I agree. And that's I agree. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So to 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 answer the question from my perspective is like I, I hate this this challenge. I hate Ben as a winner who benefited from this challenge. He's gone on to you know ruin winners at war and ruin the challenge that he he appeared on. And yeah, it's it's provided not great. I mean, sure, Chris Underwood won because of it, but like it doesn't provide great TV. And at the end of the day, I'm watching a social strategy game. And this sort of takes away from, you know, the end game. Like you want to see people, you know, use their social prowess to get further in the game. Like I don't need to see a mechanism put in by the producers to keep characters, players like Ben in the game. Like that's not what we want. If Ben wants to win, he needs to start, you know, putting his ducks in a row at the final eight or seven yeah. and not rely on, you know, finding idols in convenient places or having last minute additions to the game to make it to the was, end. Was Ben on this season? Okay. <laughs> well, as someone who's watched every season of every TV show Ben has appeared on, like he has not added any value to anything. So See, I'm okay. Them. I'm okay with like a final challenge. But I think if it was unknown, if it was up in the air, you know that there's a challenge. So I'm okay with like still having the same setup. That final immunity challenge person, you know, gets into the final three. They're they're locked in. Then they choose two people to go into this challenge, but they don't know what the challenge is. I like the the fact that there's an uncertainty. I feel like then the social game comes back in. Then you're like, 
do I want to potentially go in there? If I like, I don't know if it's fire. I don't know if I'm good at it or not. Like Heidi knew she was good at fire. They all practice fire. Like it just kind of takes a little bit of the fun out of it. And I think for me, it's, it's the, you know, last year was the, oh, like Cassidy was, was docked points because she didn't give up her immunity and go right. to fire making. Well, then this season we get someone, we get a yep. woman who wins it mm-hmm. and does give up her thing, wins it in record time against and it only player. gets her one vote. Mm-hmm. There's no point. It's, That's it's sad. not, there's nothing to it. No. Yeah, I so I normally do not do this, but I listen to uh, Rob's. Rob has a podcast. You don't he, really. You never listen. Well, no, I do. I do listen to it, but <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Before, I I am a patron of Rob's podcast. I don't know oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but one thing that he did note, and I completely. You, what you guys are killing yourselves laughing? Oh my god! Uh, it's how to push Cal's button. <laughs> you don't even you even met rob you don't, you probably don't need oh man probably don't even care well, you know you two plus uh other lube just get such delight out of pushing my buttons i don't know what, what it is anyway <laughs> to, to get to my point um uh, rob brought up and i think this is so great is that fire making and i'm probably gonna butcher this point has you know, it's almost like you're moving the goalposts to where you want them to be. It's like, oh, you know what, Cassidy, we're not going to vote for you because you never threw yourself in fire making. Oh, you know, that's, that's really what it is. And then, you know, Heidi, of course, does that. It's like, well, you did it. But you know what? You also didn't vote correctly like 33% of the time. You know, yeah. so it's yeah. just like yeah. a convenient reason to vote for someone or to not vote for someone. Mm-hmm. And so... In some ways, is is this mechanism broken? Yeah, for, get it out of here. Yeah, but yeah. I, it's 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 turning into yeah, just the players using it for their own convenience to say who they're going to vote for or no or not vote for, right? Yeah. So, uh, my my big thing for addition or takeaway is I just want to see new challenges. Like I just like it's it's the idea that again I think they were hacked this season, right? It's the kudos to Carson for doing it, but it's time we see challenges on other survivor shows that are great. We've talked about this on all of our podcasts, um, but that would be a big one. I'd love to see some really kind of new concepts come mm-hmm. in. Uh, it's kind of a big one, but that would be, and I don't know yeah. how it, how I see Fire that. Say, Matt yeah, Van doing it. Fire Matt Van Wagenen or whatever. Yeah, that might be it. It's just your, your day ideas are old and tired and we need some new fresh, fresh blood, fresh, fresh thoughts there. You know, like sure people don't want to lose Jeff, but we can lose some of these challenge producers, you know, get, get, get some new stuff in there. Cause yeah. Anything else? Anything else? Yeah. Right. Anything else itching that you're like, okay, but this, this has to be the change next time on survivor change this. Anything else that really. Okay. It's just funny how they always look weird. The, the next season, they always look like weird people. Like, what are you doing on the island? Like, you don't, you're, like you don't look f- familiar at all. Like, my family was just here on, on the island. Like, what are you doing here? And then you get to know them, and then they become your family, too. And you love watching them, and you cry. Wow. I love that take. <laughs> I love that so much. I feel that. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, well, look, uh, let's, uh, you know, we got to sign off here. So obviously, there is major thanks to be had or to be given for the listeners that have tuned in for all the episodes this year and all the hours that we have put into producing this podcast. Uh, let's give a thanks for our production help to other Luke for Andrew really coaching us through this. Um, am I missing anybody there? I mean, Jordan passing it on really helping us understand that as well for all the guests this season yeah, that really showed guests. up. Um, and so just big thanks outside of these four people right here to go into um, really making this thing, this experience happen where we can just have a conversation about the greatest show in the world. Um, anything else that you want to say as your sign off, a thank you, uh, a, a final thought, uh, just everybody take a shot here. Yeah, well, I I just want to say like a huge thank you to Andrew Ironside and Jordan Timpson for yeah, just giving I guess me and us us for the opportunity to to talk about the show because you know, I've I started off just watching this TV show just alone in, you know in my house as a teenager and now here I am just you know, talking about it on a national level, I mean, quote unquote over a podcast but who can reach just to anyone. And I just like, that's so cool. Like what a cool opportunity. And I don't know. I I just love the show and I love that it's connected me to all of you. So yeah, thanks Rochelle for connecting me to this lovely community. And thank you, Andrew, for giving me this awesome opportunity to just come on here and share my opinion and to just try and further my own, I guess, growth as someone who speaks. It's just, it's been really cool. So I've really appreciated it. And thank you a lot. Uh, yeah, to everyone mentioned. Good. Yes, all the thank yous have been mentioned except for God. No, just joking. But no, for real. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Wow. To the fans for listening. And thank you, Alex and Luke, for taking this on with us. I thought, you know, Kel invited me to do it. And then Andrew re- reached out. And um, thank you for this opportunity. And for being our partners in crime every other week. Yeah. And I guess I am just thankful I have an outlet for having nerdy conversations with other nerdy people about a nerdy show. And it's incredible because my wife, Amanda, is sick of hearing me break down all the episodes on my own. So um, now I've got other people to talk to about it and she can just sit in peace and watch the show. Yeah, and I agree. I, I uh, throw that right back to you, Lynette. It's been such a joy to do this with you guys. Um, you've just been uh, a class act all the way through. Uh, Luke, thanks for you know being my partner. And it is sad to say goodbye here. And, and we wrap up. And who knows what will happen in the future with this podcast, whether it's us or it's a, a, an amazing new team showing up. Uh, but look, Survivor at Home is all about building community and making time for fun. And and that's what we've done here. And we're so grateful for you tuning in and listening to this and doing the same thing. And most of all, yeah, thank you for Survivor for bringing us together around this. Um, That's it for us today. Congratulations, Jam Jam. Go enjoy your million. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) Bye, everyone.